Question 85, Part 2 of Summa Theologica, Pars Prima, on Man. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Summa Theologica, Pars Prima, on Man, by St. Thomas Aquinas translated by the fathers of the english dominican province question eighty five of the mode and manner of understanding in eight articles part two fourth article question eighty five article four whether we can understand many things at the same time objection one it would seem that we can understand many things at the same time for intellect is above time whereas the succession of before and after belongs to time therefore the intellect does not understand different things in succession but at the same time objection to further there is nothing to prevent different forms not opposed to each other from actually being in the same subject as for instance color and smell are in the apple but intelligible species are not opposed to each other. Therefore there is nothing to prevent the same intellect being in act as regards different intelligible species, and thus it can understand many things at the same time. Objection 3. Further, the intellect understands a whole at the same time, such as a man or a house, but a whole contains many parts. Therefore the intellect understands many things at the same time objection four further we cannot know the difference between two things unless we know both at the same time on the soul three two and the same is to be said of any other comparison but our intellect knows the difference and comparison between one thing and another therefore it knows many things at the same time on the contrary it is said topics two ten that understanding is of one thing only, knowledge is of many. I answer that, the intellect can, indeed, understand many things as one, but not as many. That is to say, by one, but not by many intelligible species. For the mode of every action follows the form which is the principle of that action. Therefore, whatever things the intellect can understand under one species, it can understand at the same time. Hence it is that God sees all things at the same time, because he sees all in one, that is, in his essence. But whatever things the intellect understands under different species, it does not understand at the same time. The reason of this is that it is impossible for one and the same subject to be perfected at the same time by many forms of one genus and diverse species, just as it is impossible for one and the same body at the same time to have different colors or different shapes now all intelligible species belong to one genus because they are the perfections of one intellectual faculty although the things which the species represent belong to different genera therefore it is impossible for one and the same intellect to be perfected at the same time by different intelligible species, so as actually to understand different things. Reply Objection 1. The intellect is above that time, which is the measure of movement of corporeal things, but the multitude itself of intelligible species causes a certain vicissitude of intelligible operations, 
according as one operation succeeds another and this vicissitude is called time by augustine who says the literal meaning of genesis eight twenty and twenty two that god moves the spiritual creature through time reply objection to not only is it impossible for opposite forms to exist at the same time in the same subject but neither can any forms belonging to the same genus although they be not opposed to one another as is clear from the examples of colors and shapes reply objection three parts can be understood in two ways first in a confused way as existing in the whole and thus they are known through one form of the whole and so are known together in another way they are known distinctly thus each is known by its species and so they are not understood at the same time reply objection four if the intellect sees the difference or comparison between one thing and another it knows both in relation to their difference or comparison just as we have said above odd three as it knows the parts in the whole fifth article question eighty five article five whether our intellect understands by composition and division objection one it would seem that our intellect does not understand by composition and division for composition and division are only of many whereas the intellect cannot understand many things at the same time therefore it cannot understand by composition and division objection to further every composition and division implies past present or future time but the intellect abstracts from time as also from other individual conditions therefore the intellect does not understand by composition and division objection three further the intellect understands things by a process of assimilation to them but composition and division are not in things for nothing is in things but what is signified by the predicate and the subject and which is one and the same provided that the composition be true for man is truly what animal is therefore the intellect does not act by composition and division on the contrary words signify the conceptions of the intellect as the philosopher says on interpretation one but in words we find composition and division as appears in affirmative and negative propositions therefore the intellect acts by composition and division i answer that the human intellect must of necessity understand by composition and division for since the intellect passes from potentiality to act it has a likeness to things which are generated which do not attain to perfection all at once but acquire it by degrees so likewise the human intellect does not acquire perfect knowledge by the first act of apprehension but it first apprehends something about its object such as its quiddity and this is its first and proper object and then it understands the properties accidents and the various relations of the essence thus it necessarily compares one thing with another by composition or division and from one composition and division it proceeds to another which is the process of reasoning but the angelic and the divine intellect like all incorruptible things have their perfection at once from the beginning hence the angelic and the divine intellect 
have the entire knowledge of a thing at once and perfectly and hence also in knowing the quiddity of a thing they know at once whatever we can know by composition division and reasoning therefore the human intellect knows by composition division and reasoning but the divine intellect and the angelic intellect know indeed composition division and reasoning not by the process itself but by understanding the simple essence reply objection one composition and division of the intellect are made by differentiating and comparing hence the intellect knows many things by composition and division as by knowing the difference and comparison of things reply objection to although the intellect abstracts from the phantasms it does not understand actually without turning to the phantasms as we have said article one question eighty four article seven and forasmuch as it turns to the phantasms composition and division of the intellect involve time reply objection three the likeness of a thing is received into the intellect according to the mode of the intellect not according to the mode of the thing wherefore something on the part of the thing corresponds to the composition and division of the intellect but it does not exist in the same way in the intellect and in the thing for the proper object of the human intellect is the quiddity of a material thing which comes under the action of the senses and the imagination now in a material thing there is a twofold composition first there is the composition of form with matter and to this corresponds that composition of the intellect whereby the universal whole is predicated of its part for the genus is derived from common matter while the difference that completes the species is derived from the form and the particular from individual matter the second comparison is of accident with subject and to this real composition corresponds that composition of the intellect whereby accident is predicated of subject as when we say the man is white nevertheless composition of the intellect differs from composition of things for in the latter the things are diverse whereas composition of the intellect is a sign of the identity of the components for the above composition of the intellect does not imply that man and whiteness are identical but the assertion the man is white means that the man is something having whiteness and the subject which is a man is identified with a subject having whiteness it is the same with the composition of form and matter for animal signifies that which has a sensitive nature rational that which has an intellectual nature man that which has both and socrates that which has all these things together with individual matter and according to this kind of identity our intellect predicates the composition of one thing with another article six question eighty five article six whether the intellect can be false objection one it would seem that the intellect can be false for the philosopher says metaphysics six didascally five four that truth and falsehood are in the mind but the mind and intellect are the same as is shown above question seventy nine article one therefore falsehood may be in the mind objection to further opinion and reasoning belong to the intellect but falsehood exists in both therefore falsehood can be in the intellect 
Objection 3. Further, sin is in the intellectual faculty, but sin involves falsehood, for those that err work evil. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 22. Therefore, falsehood can be in the intellect. On the contrary, Augustine says, 83 questions, question 32, that everyone who is deceived does not rightly understand that wherein he is deceived. And the philosopher says, on the soul, three, ten, that the intellect is always true. I answer that, the philosopher, on the soul, three, six, compares intellect with sense on this point. For sense is not deceived in its proper object, as sight in regard to color, unless accidentally through some hindrance occurring in the sensile organ. For example, the taste of a fever-stricken person judges a sweet thing to be bitter, through his tongue being vitiated by ill humors. Sense, however, may be deceived as regards common sensible objects, as size or figure, when, for example, it judges that the sun to be only a foot in diameter, whereas in reality it exceeds the earth in size. Much more is sense deceived concerning accidental sensible objects, as when it judges that vinegar is honey, by reason of the color being the same. The reason of this is evident, for every faculty, as such, is per se directed to its proper object, and things of this kind are always the same. Hence, as long as the faculty exists, its judgment concerning its own proper object does not fail. Now the proper object of the intellect is the quiddity of a material thing, and hence, properly speaking, the intellect is not at fault concerning this quiddity, whereas it may go astray as regards the surroundings of the thing in its essence or quiddity, in referring one thing to another, as regards composition or division, or also in the process of reasoning. Therefore, also in regard to those propositions which are understood, the intellect cannot err, as in the case of the first principles from which arises infallible truth in the certitude of scientific conclusions. The intellect, however, may be accidentally deceived in the quiddity of composite things, not by the defect of its organ, for the intellect is a faculty that is independent of an organ, but on the part of the composition affecting the definition, when, for instance, the definition of a thing is false in relation to something else, as the definition of a circle applied to a triangle, or when a definition is false in itself, as involving the composition of things incompatible, as, for instance, to describe anything as a rational winged animal. Hence, as regards simple objects not subject to composite definitions, we cannot be deceived, unless, indeed, we understand nothing whatever about them, as is said, Metaphysics 9, Didascally 8, 10. Reply Objection 1. The philosopher says that falsehood is in the intellect in regard to composition and division. The same answer applies to the second objection concerning opinion and reasoning, and to the third objection concerning the error of the sinner, who errs in the practical judgment of the appetitable object, but in the absolute consideration of the quiddity of a thing, and of those things which are known thereby, the intellect is never deceived. In this sense are to be understood the authorities quoted in proof of the opposite conclusion.
Seventh article, question 85, article 7. Whether one person can understand one and the same thing better than another can. Objection 1. It would seem that one person cannot understand one and the same thing better than another can. For Augustine says, 83 questions, question 32. Whoever understands a thing otherwise than as it is, does not understand it at all. Hence it is clear that there is a perfect understanding, than which none other is more perfect, and therefore there is not infinite degrees of understanding a thing, nor can one person understand a thing better than another can. Objection 2. The intellect is true in its act of understanding. But truth, being a certain equality between thought and thing, is not subject to more or less, for a thing cannot be said to be more or less equal, therefore a thing cannot be more or less understood. Objection 3. Further, the intellect is the most formal of all that is in man, but different forms cause different species. Therefore, if one man understands better than another, it would seem that they do not belong to the same species. On the contrary, experience shows that some understand more profoundly than do others, as one who carries a conclusion to its first principles and ultimate causes, understands it better than the one who reduces it only to its proximate causes. I answer that, a thing being understood more by one than by another may be taken in two senses. First, so that the word more be taken as determining the act of understanding as regards the thing understood and thus one cannot understand the same thing more than another because to understand it otherwise than as it is either better or worse would entail being deceived and such a one would not understand it as augustine argues eighty-three questions question thirty-two in another sense the word more can be taken as determining the act of understanding on the part of him who understands and so one may understand the same thing better than someone else, through having a greater power of understanding, just as a man may see a thing better with his bodily sight, whose power is greater, and whose sight is more perfect. The same applies to the intellect in two ways. First, as regards the intellect itself, which is more perfect, for it is plain that the better the disposition of a body, the better the soul allotted to it, which clearly appears in things of different species, and the reason thereof is that act and form are received into matter according to matter's capacity. Thus because some men have bodies of better disposition, their souls have a greater power of understanding. Wherefore it is said, on the soul too, nine, that it is to be observed that those who have soft flesh are of apt mind. Secondly, this occurs in regard to the lower powers of which the intellect has need in its operation, for those in whom the imaginative, cognitive, and memorative powers are of better disposition, are better disposed to understand. The reply to the first objection is clear from the above. Likewise, the reply to the second, for the truth of the intellect consists in the intellect understanding a thing as it is. Reply Objection 3. The difference of form which is due only to the different disposition of matter causes not a specific but only a numerical difference, for different individuals have different forms, diversified according to the difference of matter. Eighth Article. Question 85. Article 8. 
whether the intellect understands the indivisible before the divisible objection one it would seem that the intellect understands the indivisible before the divisible for the philosopher says physics one one that we understand and know from the knowledge of principles and elements but principles are indivisible and elements are of divisible things therefore the indivisible is known to us before the divisible objection to further the definition of a thing contains what is known previously for a definition proceeds from the first and more known as it is said topics four four but the indivisible is part of the definition of the divisible as a point comes into the definition of a line for as euclid says a line is length without breadth the extremities of which are points also unity comes into the definition of number for number is multitude measured by one as is said metaphysics ten didascally nine six therefore our intellect understands the indivisible before the divisible objection three further like is known by like but the indivisible is more like to the intellect than is the divisible because the intellect is simple on the soul three four therefore our intellect first knows the indivisible on the contrary it is said on the soul three six that the indivisible is expressed as a privation but privation is known secondarily therefore likewise is the indivisible i answer that the object of our intellect in its present state is the quiddity of a material thing which it abstracts from the phantasms as stated above question eighty four article seven and since that which is known first and of itself by our cognitive power is its proper object we must consider its relationship to that quiddity in order to discover in what order the indivisible is known now the indivisible is threefold as is said on the soul three six first the continuous is indivisible since actually it is undivided although potentially divisible and this indivisible is known to us before its division which is a division into parts because confused knowledge is prior to distinct knowledge as we have said above article three secondly the indivisible is so called in relation to species as man's reason is something indivisible this way also the indivisible is understood before its division into logical parts as we have said above on the soul three six and again before the intellect disposes and divides by affirmation and negation the reason of this is that both these kinds of indivisible are understood by the intellect of itself as being its proper object the third kind of indivisible is what is altogether indivisible as a point and unity which cannot be divided either actually or potentially and this indivisible is known secondarily through the privation of divisibility wherefore a point is defined by the way of privation as that which has no parts and in like manner the notion of one is that is indivisible as stated in metaphysics ten didascally nine one and the reason of this is that this indivisible has a certain opposition to a corporeal being the quiddity of which is the primary and proper object of the intellect 
but if our intellect understood by participation of certain separate indivisible forms as the platonists maintained it would follow that a like indivisible is understood primarily for according to the platonists what is first is first participated by things reply objection one in the acquisition of knowledge principles and elements are not always known first for sometimes from sensible effects we arrive at the knowledge of principles and intelligible causes but in perfect knowledge the knowledge of effects always depends on the knowledge of principles and elements for as the philosopher says in the same passage then do we consider that we know when we can resolve principles into their causes reply objection to a point is not included in the definition of a line in general for it is manifest that in a line of indefinite length and in a circular line there is no point save potentially euclid defines a finite straight line and therefore he mentions a point in the definition as the limit in the definition of that which is limited unity is the measure of number wherefore it is included in the definition of a measured number but it is not included in the definition of the divisible but rather conversely reply objection three the likeness through which we understand is the species of the known in the knower therefore a thing is known first not on account of its natural likeness to the cognitive power but on account of the power's aptitude for the object otherwise sight would perceive hearing rather than color end of question eighty five part two